0: Do you ever feel like the Earth is just so boring? Well, let's go to the moon! That's right, the Moonshot Podcast Network is celebrating with its springtime stream for charity, the Moon Carnival!
1: On Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, May 26th through the 28th! We've got Hades! We've got Hitman, we've got Hot Wheels, we've got a good time ready for you for a good cause for Trans Lifeline this Memorial Day weekend at twitch.tv
0: slash moonshotnetwork.
1: and Welcome back to another episode of Unwise Girls. I'm your host, Jacqueline. And I'm your other host, Jane. And we're your favourite podcast, all about the books of Rick Riordan. Today, we're continuing
0: The House of Hades. How are you doing today, Jane? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. I'm feeling good. I got a new jumper, which I think looks very nice on me. It's got, like, short sleeves and is, like, very loose. It makes me look extremely faggy, I think.
1: Hell yes, hell yes. That jumper is like a sweater, is that right? Yes. I, I love a good sweater jumper. It also, like, goes down
0: to, like, mid-thigh on me.
1: Oh, hell yeah. You got that, like... What's the energy? The the energy I'm thinking is, like, sleepy girl. Yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> hell yeah. How are you? Doing okay. Listeners may notice that I sound, again, not quite the same. Uh, a, <laughs> a good friend of the show, uh, Sam, lent me his microphone, which... Maybe sounds better than you know, nor maybe it maybe sounds better than last time. I don't know, I guess listeners chime in my my opinion
0: is that it sounds about the same. I don't know if that's true though
1: i who's to say anyway, uh shall we dive straight into these chapters you unless you have some surprise news for me? I should check if there's any surprise news for both of us no oh, oh no there there is news the sun and the star came out, right?
0: oh yeah, yeah, or at least like. The copies were put out in my local bookshop. Sometimes they do that, um, like, ahead of when the book is supposed to come out. I have, like, bought Skulldor Very Pleasant books, like, a week early before. Ooh. But yeah, if you if you want a copy of uh, The Sun and the Star, hit up uh, Random Waterstones and they might have them.
1: <laughs> well, uh, the only news I'm seeing is that apparently the riordan spent a week in Ireland. Ooh. So, that's fun. But... Good for them, no. I guess. There's a picture of an owl here, uh, Athena's owl.
0: A famous owl. Oh yeah, a famous owl. A uh, shout out to Googleans. <laughs> I can't wait for Rick Riordan's uh, Irish mythology series that he's working on.
1: Oh god, it may- could exist. <laughs> I- this is like really funny. This is this is like Rick Riordan might be very funny actually. What did he do? Uh, I'm just like, he's just showing off artwork that he saw, and one of them, I'll just put the- it's a- it's a- it's a painting of John the Baptist, uh, and what he (laughs) says is, this John the Baptist looks rather worried as he proclaims the coming of Jesus. His expression seems to say,
0: he's right behind me, isn't he? (laughs) I don't know, John the Baptist looks kind of like a soy jack here, I think. (laughs) A little bit. Uh, maybe that's because baby Jesus is depicted like this in the next painting. Oh dear God! Yeah, he looks
1: evil. If your baby Jesus looks like this, see a doctor. He might be turning into Dionysus. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll put those up on the Twitter. That's that's pretty funny. Uh, shout that's out to Rick funny. Ryden, I guess. Rick Ryden could do funny jokes. Who knew? Yeah. Oh. Oh, wait. And the final note here is that he did uh, go to a conference on uh, on some Irish gods. Oh yeah, no, he's doing it. There's gonna be fucking five books about this. He says, you can bet those details will be percolating in my brain, waiting to be included in a novel.
0: You can so. bet the unwise girls will mine this for content in ten years. <laughs> uh,
1: well, Jane, I, I like a good blog post as much as the next girl. But how about you give me your post? Uh, today the post you're manning is summary giver.
0: Damn right. Uh, chapter 57, Jason. We catch up with Jason and the gang in North Africa where the wind bomb ended up blowing them. They're staying with the Lord of the South Wind, who is being really shitty and unhelpful and not allowing them to leave in the Argo, although he's not openly hostile to them either. Most of the kids are busy trying to fix the ship up, although without Leo around they're not having much success. Jason and Nico get to talking, which flares up into a confrontation when Jason tells Nico he thinks he's so closed off because he's hiding from people, scared so he being rejected for both his godly parentage and his sexuality. Nico does not take kindly to this, and tells Jason that after the quest is done he's leaving forever. Chapter 58, Jason. Jason goes to his daily audience with the Lord of the South Wind to implore him to let them go. Every day it's a coin flip whether it gets Auster, the Roman version who represents storms, or Notus, the Greek one who represents fire. Today it's Oster, who's very old and rambling and forgetful. Jason spends several pages talking in circles with him before Oster finally gets to the point, which is that Jason is aimless and afraid of commitment. His father is the god of storms and as a result he shouldn't be sheepishly asking to be let go, he should just do it. This also causes Jason to realise that he can no longer waver between wanting to be at Camp Half-Blood or Camp Jupiter. His friends are at Camp Half-Blood and he's happier there, so he commits himself to staying there when the war is through. As he does this, Oster switches to his Greek form, Notus, and congratulates Jason on his character moment. Jason orders Notus to lend him some venti who can turn into horses, and he obliges, telling him that they can drag the Argo as far as Malta, where he'll find Leo. Chapter 59, Jason. Jason wrangles the venti and manages to get the crew to Malta. As they sail into the port, he has a talk with Piper, who seems jumpy after the Kayani attack. He also thinks about something Oster said to him, that when the choice between storm and fire comes again, he should think of the Lord of the South Wind and not despair. Jason is finding it hard not to despair, however. As much as he wants a nice future with Piper at Camp Halfblood, he's also committed himself to, if it comes down to a choice between him or Leo dying, sacrificing himself for his friend. Chapter 60, Jason The gang find Leo chilling out in a cafe in town, and they're all very happy to see him. He's happy to see them too, but Jason can tell that something is up, although Leo doesn't seem eager to share. They tell him what happened after he was punched into the negative dimension, and he at least perks up a bit when he hears that Festus is a bit more active after Piper's charm speak. Frank promptly murders the Vibe by blithely observing that he's heard that a titan named Calypso lives in Malta, and wondering if they'll need to fight her, and Leo's miserable reaction to this gives Jason a pretty good idea of what happened. Unfortunately, there's no more time for moping. A huge storm that only Hazel, Nico, and Jason are able to see appears on the horizon, apparently indicating that the doors of death are pushing the bulk of Gaia's forces into the world. The kids head back to the ship, hoping they can get there before there's an insurmountable number of monsters to fight. Chapter 61, Percy Percy, Annabeth, and Bob set off through the crowd of monsters around the doors of death. Percy has a bit of a doomer moment when he realizes just how many monsters are there that refuse to stay dead, and then undoomers a little when he realizes that he's thinking in terms of what he and Anabes' hypothetical kids may be fighting in the future. The demigods will keep going and keep fighting, after all, especially if they can join Camp Jupiter and Camp Harper together. Chapter 62 Percy. Unfortunately, they're waylaid by Bob's brother, Koyos, who thinks Iepetus is his buddy and spills a lot of interesting details to him. All the giants are now apparently back in the mortal realm, which sends Percy all doomer again and he also raises the possibility that the Titans could pull off a coup against the Giants after they weaken themselves fighting the Olympians. He also mentions having a daughter, Leto, who was peaceful before but will surely choose to fight this time, given all the Olympians put her through. Which is to say, Zeus siring Apollo and Artemis by her and then dumping her, which I'm sure is actually worse in the mythology. Koyos wanders off, leaving Annabeth and Percy to navigate Bob dealing with another bunch of returning memories. Annabeth tells him to disregard them, but Percy, who has his own experiences with amnesia, is more sympathetic, telling Bob that even if he remembers his past, he can still choose to be a better person in the here and now. They continue towards the doors, and Bob tells them that not every monster will be appearing in the House of Hades, since Gaia can control the Earth and basically make them pop up wherever she wants. Finally, they're able to see the doors, and realise that they're unfortunately flanked by another pair of titans. Percy's old enemy, Hyperion, and Kreos, the titan Jason killed during the war. Bob is unsure if he'll be able to bring himself to fight them, but they set off towards them regardless. So, Jacqueline, what do you think of these chapters? Uh, you know, they're pretty good. They're also pretty light, I thought. Yeah, definitely. These, these summaries were surprisingly easy to do once I actually sat down and did them.
1: Yeah, like, I,
0: it's not like they're
1: bad, but they're a little bereft of content.
0: <laughs> More content, Rick, please.
1: Please a little bit more contact. We, it's interesting. We read six chapters now, uh, and yet, and yet still, there. It's not like there's nothing to talk about. But it's. I, I went back and reread these pages, uh, and I was like, oh yeah, the Jason Jason stuff. He he's talking to the to the guy for like three chapters, like a lot longer than I thought he was. It's fascinating.
0: <laughs> I would I would like to congratulate us. I think everyone here on Unwise Girls has a pat on the back. Mm -hmm. For um, this chapter i think uh lays out what a fucking good read we got on jason's character at the end of lost hero yeah where we were like yep jason is like he's a weird little little soldier boy who's just kind of sitting around waiting for someone to feed him instructions so that he can go and do that he's he's kind of passive and that's kind of his big flaw and that's kind of does that is what ends up getting addressed in these chapters so we called it three books ago (laughs) Yeah, we really
1: did. I mean, it's really like good to see, uh, because I don't know, it 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 means that the book that the writer also knows it, right? <laughs> I mean, how do you feel about how this was confronted, though? Because we we meet this this character of Oster or Nautis or whatever you want to call him, uh, in a very very like a very mythological set. This
0: is, yeah, we're back in kind of, like, the mode that we we saw, we see pop up occasionally, like, the one example I can think of is in Lost Hero, with, like, the werewolf guy,
1: Mm -hmm. but there's, like,
0: there's no modern twist on this guy, he's just, like, a storm god who lives in a palace in, quote-unquote, somewhere in North Africa. Yeah,
1: yeah, and... Jason gets taken to him every day, he's never quite sure which version he'll meet with. Mm. I just think that that really resonates across, like, oh yeah, this could be, like, an old story, and I'm sure this is based on, like, various different stories. We we get started here with a very confronting line, which is, like, Jason being, like, he wasn't sure which he preferred, a storm or fire, and you're like, what? what? Uh-huh. Why is he... <laughs> why is he thinking about this and so we've, we've sort of transposed onto the the great prophecy just this guy
0: just this guy i i wonder i wonder if he's gonna like show up and be important at the end or if it's just gonna be a case of like jason thinks about how Oster and Nostis kind of like switch back and forth and live in harmony together and that allows him to like not have to kill himself or kill leo
1: I think there's a good chance. I feel like he is more of like a character who is here to be a metaphor that is remembered at some point, you yeah. know? I, I don't I don't think he's gonna come out and be like he's gonna get the final blow on Gaia. <laughs> I think that would be extremely funny though. It would be really <laughs> good. I, I want the version of the series that just ends with like all the shitty one off gods coming to beat up Gaia at the end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh I, I want Aeolus to come back so badly. He get he gets a name drop here, the fucking weird TV presenter weather report guy from Lost Hero.
1: God, yeah. Oh, man. That was that was a ridiculously good show. like. Uh, <laughs> and the conversation itself, I, I I like how just, like... Usually I wouldn't say this about a book. I like how, like, slow and, like, rambling and circling around itself this conversation
0: is. It very, very um, efficiently evokes the idea of, like, speaking to an elderly relative.
1: It does. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It also sort of gets across just how much time has passed because we've had a little time skip happening here. Yeah, it's been like, what, five days? I think so, yeah. And that simultaneously is like kind of uh, meshes with the weird timeline that we got from Leo. Like, we weren't really sure if he was there for like a couple days, like a couple weeks. It wasn't really clear. Hmm. And, you know, Tartarus also has sort of a weird timeline too. Uh, So us, us coming back and it being a while later makes a lot of sense to me.
0: I do think it's very funny that in a, a series that revolves so much around like ticking clocks, we've introduced two different devices to make time meaningless.
1: <laughs> yes. yeah, I mean, that happens... This happens like almost every book. Uh, <laughs> this th- is true. There's almost always like something that skips time forward, so they have, to, they have to rush at the last moment. This is this happened in the fucking Lotus Hotel and Casino. Yeah. Uh, probably more examples that I just can't think of at the
0: second. I also can't think of any more examples, but you're probably right. I'm probably right. What do you think of the scene with Nico? So I expected um, everything with like Nico turning out to be gay to be, like, or I guess bi, to go out, like, one of two ways, which is either it's basically, it's there and it's basically inoffensive. It doesn't really, like, contribute to a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of swiftly moved past. Or it's, like, um, uh, the way that, Ryden wrote about, like, Carter being black in Kane Chronicles, where he really fumbles it quite badly and then just kind of backs off from talking about it later. Yeah. What I was not expecting was for, um, uh, this to be, like, like, a pretty good and well-written depiction of, like, uh, an isolated, lonely uh, queer person.
1: Yeah, it really is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, 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 am, I am very surprised and also giving Rick Ryden a little round of applause for that, because it Everything about Nico here feels very believable and very sympathetic.
1: Yeah, no, it super does. Because, I mean, we talked a little bit about this before we went into, like, his Mm -hmm. self-hatred. Like, he is a a little kid from fascist Italy. Uh (laughs) Uh, But this really, like, it's not subtext here. It's not sort of like, I mean, it wasn't subtext before necessarily, but it's really brought to the foreground here. Where he is, like talking about how he is like there's something wrong with him and like the only person who ever like it's interesting it sounds like maybe bianca knew that he was gay um or like maybe bianca
0: was the only person he ever could have trusted to know that he was gay this is true i was also about to say i think she i think he talks about figuring it out in a period after she died but i guess he also talked to a ghost for a while so that probably that could line up
1: yeah i mean and the fact that, like, he couldn't find her ghost anymore, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, that. that's just not... That's not. He doesn't have any connections like that anymore. And he doesn't have a connection to Camp Half-Blood. He doesn't have a connection to Camp Jupiter. He's, he's not fully anywhere. He's just
0: sort of, like... He's, like, a ghost. The closest connection he has to anyone is Percy, a guy who tried to strangle him. Yeah. And, like, mixed feelings there, obviously.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, b- but... <laughs> This almost reads as, like, Jason sort of going back and pushing him to come out, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I don't think it quite gets there. Like, I think it's more like he's pushing him to start connecting with other people.
0: I think, think, yeah, Jason is maybe coming off a little bit shittily here, but I think he has, like, completely good intentions. And I think fundamentally what he's saying is correct.
1: Yeah, especially when... I mean, he's, he tells him to come out of the shadows, right? <laughs> uh, but it's, it's really like, this is a good conversation and I like it for the character of Nico, but I, it's really remembering that just like Jason is like this like weird California guy, uh, that is like, <laughs> Nico's like, oh, it's not enough that I'm like a son of Hades and, you know, all of that. Like, I I have to be, you know, he can't quite say it. Like, he's, he's really like, oh, I also have to be gay. And Jason is like, dude, it's not like you've got a choice. It's just who you are. <laughs> In the most, like, radical sort of like. He d- he sounds like a surfer guy. He does. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> and Jason being like, dude, you're born
0: this way. Don't worry. <laughs> Jason, I will say, seems very certain that no member of the Argo crew is going to be homophobic.
1: Yeah, I. Hmm. Okay. I guess let's talk about it. Which one would be homophobic?
0: Who? (laughs) Coach Hedge.
1: Ah, I think he'd be like he would. He. I feel like he has a disgust with any. I mean, obviously, this is a thing that everyone fucking says. Like, I don't hate. I hate everyone equally. Uh, but Coach (laughs) Hedge is like. He might be the guy who
0: actually is that. Is what you're saying.
1: I think, yeah, he's the guy who's like, all right, good for you, kid, but keep it, keep it, you know, keep it to yourself. Like, uh, keep, I, I don't want to hear about any of you kids, what, what you like. I don't want to hear hear about your, your boyfriends, your girlfriends or whatever. I just want to kill things. You know, he's, he's that kind of guy.
0: His only response to this, I think, would be just like changing the rules on the Argo. So it's, it's no longer like a boy and a girl can't be in a room alone together. It's now no two people are allowed to be in a room alone together. <laughs> and that would be all you do.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I don't- I, I think, you know, it's fair for Jason to be like, we've evolved past those simple mortal phobias. <laughs> but also, yeah, probably not, right? Like, realistic, realistically, there's a good chance that at least one of these seven kids has a little bit of hard feelings about gay
0: people in some way. And also, even if Jason, like, knows that they don't, Nico doesn't know these fucking people. Yeah. He he knows Percy and Annabeth, mostly he has just kind of he knows hazel yeah hazel will probably be normal about it. he just he probably should tell hazel
1: yeah i he need but instead he's sort of gone the other way he's been like all right i promise to help you but i'm gonna fucking leave as soon as leave forever as soon as we're, we're got there because he doesn't he doesn't want to do it he wants to cut
0: himself off more which is i i'm caught in two minds about this I'm simultaneously like, no, that's terrible. I want Nico to have like friends in a community who loves and supports him. Uh, but I'm also really curious about what like just removing yourself from the situation entirely looks like for a demigod, like just not being associated with. Either. I guess just you're just wandering around in like Luke and Thalia pre-camp blood mode.
1: I mean, this is what like the Romans think the Greek demigods are, right? Oh yeah, like, they think they think they're just like wandering weirdos. <laughs> Which is, I guess, the mode that, you know, classic, we've talked about this before, that's the mode that, like, like fucking Hercules was just like a wandering weirdo, right?
0: That's true, yeah. Maybe one day Nico uh, will end up on an island with an incel.
1: Maybe. <laughs> he, he's been on islands with incels before, I'm sure. He's He's been on fucking... I mean, he's on Malta
0: with Leo right now, so... <laughs> don't, 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 don't <laughs> say that about Leo. <laughs> Oh, I'm just, he spends all these, he spent it's understandable but he does spend all these chapters being like that feeling when no gf
1: yeah he's typical and no gf for sure but like I mean, that's, that's understandable, not understandable but still yeah he's he's <laughs> heart sick right he's that's what jason's he, he's he's like he's entering his like emo he's entering his emo phase
0: he's gonna his, start like his... borrowing jackets from Nico. <laughs>
1: Yeah, his ADHD has been replaced by sadness. Uh <laughs> w- when you're really sad about like not being able to see the girl you like, uh you you start to enjoy coffee for the first time. I do the
0: the way that Leo is presented in the cafe is kind of I don't know, the vibe it gives me is like when uh someone comes back from like Alcoholics Anonymous and they have like a new haircut and they're drinking coffee all the time and they seem like very weird and restrained and normal. Yeah. And that's like the same vibe i get from leo when jason is like he didn't even come down to the hub to say hello he just kind of sat there continuing to drink coffee
1: <laughs> yeah he is leo is a character who's very caught up in his own leo world um <laughs> we are always and, in leo world yeah we're always in leo world but leo leo never leaves leo world right mm-hmm. um and i think that's jason says something here about how like leo's sense of humor is really important to the group uh Mm. and like it it sort of keeps their spirits up but like that's not something leo would ever think
0: of i don't think oh no yeah leo i think thinks of himself as a little shit
1: he thinks of himself as a little shit he still thinks of himself as like kind of useless a little bit like he Mm. he he has the importance of like being the guy that runs the shit but like to the team dynamic he doesn't think he has like a place i don't think
0: because he is a little bit, like, he's kind of fixated on the seventh wheel thing.
1: Very much so, yeah. And I I, I thought that would be some good growth to see if he eventually uh, learned that. It, it is entirely fucked that he got taken right to Malta,
0: where, <laughs> where Calypso lived. I, I I was fucking losing it when Frank picks up the tour brochure and is like, Hey, some person in Calypso apparently lived here in mythology. <laughs>
1: Everyone's like, let's go kill the evil sorceress. Oh, imagine if Percy had been here. (laughs) Percy and Annabeth, like, with the world's most awkward fucking cafe
0: dinner. Fucking Leo yelling at Percy for abandoning Calypso while Annabeth just sits next to him, absolutely fucking stone-faced. Yeah. Maybe the most rancid vibes you could get in this entire series
1: yeah god <laughs> jason is having even more like surfer sur- funny surfer guy moments when he's like he he sees that leo is so sad and he's like it's like jason would have to talk to him later to make sure his buddy was okay really? i like him calling leo his buddy <laughs> leo's his little buddy he is his little buddy a true scrawny male moment <laughs> god yes but yeah, to get back to, like, I guess, sort of what you were talking about first with, like, the Jason finally taking charge, that is what happens here. Mm. He sort of embraces that role of, like, turns out if you're the son of the Sky God, it, 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 the Wind Gods are also under your domain. Who would have thought?
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. If it's, like, the first—he's talked about, like, um, feeling really insecure as a leader since, like, Percy and Annabeth fucked off. And this feels like the first time he's really, like, stepped up and taken charge.
1: Yeah, which is interesting because his sort of whole thing in the last book was like, how do I learn to not be a leader, right? Hmm.
0: I guess it's like, it's a difference between like, the, the leader he used to be was like a Roman praetor who basically just like did whatever like tradition told him to. Whereas now he is learning to be like a Greek hero leader who is kind of like murder hoboing around and has to like think on his feet and stuff
1: well yeah it's more flexible right because the leader mm-hmm. is just like
0: whoever gets named leader for the quest yeah uh
1: and there wasn't really a leader named for this quest ever
0: <laughs> uh, maybe annabeth it was it was i think it was like de facto annabeth in the last book
1: yeah it was but the, there's a there's a bit more flexibility to like a greek quest than yeah, like or whatever rocks. the romans are doing yeah exactly uh, and I, one last note I do like about that is when Piper gives him some, am- some ambrosia uh, and it, it's like the brownies he really loves from Camp Jupiter, but they just can't taste as good anymore because he, after he sort of like decided he was going to go with Camp Half-Blood.
0: Rome is nothing if not extremely spiteful,
1: apparently. <laughs> apparently. Anything else you want to talk about with uh, Jason?
0: Oh yeah, what's up with uh, with this bit at the end where they see like the big storm and Nico and Hazel can see it. Uh, and Jason can as well, and he's really confused by this because he assumes that like them being able to see it is some kind of death god thing, but he's not the child of a death god. Maybe Jason's gonna bite it. Maybe he's clo- <laughs> he's closer to death, so he can see it. Like,
1: <laughs> this is a big swing. I, I don't. I don't know. I. I can't. Maybe he is secretly a child of Hades. Maybe he is uh, connected in some way to the location. Like maybe he's been there before and he forgot it. Uh, Maybe he's killed enough people that he is just like close to death, uh
0: like cl- in that sense. I assume it I, might be something to do with like he helped uh, Nico get like the death scepter or whatever the fuck, and that might. Have, ooh, yes. Something, something to do with it.
1: I actually think that could be it. That would make sense because the connection between him, and- because he is Nico's connection, right? Yeah. He is like there for him right now, so I think much that. Nico does
0: not want that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he's explicitly rejecting it, in
0: fact, but <laughs>
1: the, it, that connection still exists, so that could be the reason. Mm. Uh, and also, I think it's just a good visual, like it symbol- like, hey, we're reaching the end game. We have like fucking
0: sixteen chapters left. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked by how close to the end of the book we've gotten, just which is feel amazing. Like reading it forever.
1: Yeah, it, it feels like it's, it's our eternal book, right? <laughs> uh, but speaking no of, we're,
0: we're almost there speaking of eternal it's it's very funny to me that in the last book they got from America to Italy and in this one they crossed like maybe a hundred miles of the Mediterranean yeah it's just I, I, can't, I can't help but wonder if this is like an odyssey thing where it's just like yeah if you if you are Greek heroes in the Mediterranean you're just gonna fuck around and not get anywhere for a while is what happens I think so <laughs> welcome no, to I, Sea I of think... Monsters for everyone <laughs>
1: god i had... maybe we should go back and read sea of monsters again maybe this is what we need to do maybe it's good actually that. the whole it's time
0: <laughs> no yeah it's terrible uh, i can't think of anything else for the jason chapters have you got anything
1: uh i i i don't think so i
0: i like these ones uh let's let's talk percy hell yeah i i i do enjoy percy's little like duma moment in like his first chapter <laughs> Where he just sees all the monsters and he's like, "Oh god, what the what the fuck is the point? Why am I doing this?"
1: Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> like, "There's literally no world where any of anything I could I do could affect this much. Like, I I am one small bean. This is a whole <laughs> fucking meal."
0: <laughs> it's a very strange way of putting it, but I like it. <laughs>
1: I'm not sure. Uh, he he feels like you know he is insignificant in comparison to this entire force. Like they'll just keep mm. coming back, uh, and then he solves it by the power of. Uh, what if had a baby though? <laughs> what if he had a baby though? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's kind of like it's it's kind of sweet. Like he's like, oh, you know, there's a future that exists. Like th- there's hope. Uh, even if they keep coming back, like we'll keep coming back too.
0: I. Percy smiling it's, and nodding and looking to the middle distance while thinking one day my children will fight in the forever war.
1: Yeah, that is kind of <laughs> what this is though. <laughs> like it feels like in this moment Percy is accepting the cycle.
0: A little bit, yeah. Cuz he's just like, well, Camp Jupiter and Camp half will be around forever. N- never going to be any reason to get rid of those. And maybe that's maybe that's what a lot of this book is.
1: <laughs> like, yeah. That's annabeth kind of did that last time uh fucking I, wait let me rack my brain there's something else somebody else that did it like we have calypso being like you know the gods are fine i guess like they're, they're probably yeah. the best ones yeah it a lot of it feels like well this is what we've got let's resign ourselves to it and that's what'll get, get us through this
0: yeah we've really not addressed the whole percy thinking holy shit luke was right thing at the end of the last book, it's not come up is very yeah, that was, weird. Was that not this book too? I don't think it's come up in this one. I think it was during the arena fight, and then we didn't hear about it again. You're right. You're right. Yeah,
1: it's, and I can, I can get the idea that like you're in this totally you're in this totally dark and desperate place. Uh, there is no, there's nothing to hold on to, so you hold on to, like, what exists, you know, mm-hmm. even if it's not the best thing. Yeah. But I, I think this could still be fertile ground for, like, P- Percy and Annabeth developing those kind of, sort of ideas more. And instead, it just feels like they are retreating back to, like, well, we gotta, we gotta help defend the gods and keep doing all the myth stuff over and over again. And, you know, our children will, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I guess it's also maybe just a thing of, like, because they've been stuck in Tartarus for so long, they're like, well, this is what the alternative is, so why bother trying to fix anything?
1: Yeah, I... I guess so. I think the... The refutation of that, I would say, is the conversation that Annabeth, Percy, and Bob have after uh, fucking what, Koyos comes by. Mm-hmm. Where bob is like hey this guy just handed me my entire past uh like what am i supposed to do with this annabeth says you know bob you're different now you don't need your past uh you know you can just be bob but percy takes a different point of view i think one that i actually really like him taking here Mm. uh which is that he should accept that that was his past and just choose what he wants to take forward of it
0: that's true i I really like that moment from percy i like percy (laughs)
1: I like Percy a lot. It like it, it's his empathy showing through, right? It's his yeah. it's him. And Beth is acting uh purely like I don't want this guy to kill us, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. So she she's doing what she can to like try and prevent that him from like going back to Iapetus mode. Percy is actually finally treating Bob like a friend. He is giving him sincere advice uh, from his own experience because he also lost his memory mm-hmm. and he's con- he's connecting with him. And I actually think that this is sort of a huge moment that could be applied more broadly to, like, maybe this is sort of nodding toward that cycle and saying, like, we don't need to continue it forever.
0: Yeah, definitely. Especially if you take into account what Percy's saying about, like, having to remember history and stuff, but then, you know, not having to stick by everything that happened last time. That being said, I do think it's... I don't think anything, like, symbolizes the inherent shittiness of the, like, binary choice between either... Titans or Olympians, as like Bob being stuck in a position where his options are be evil and hate it because he's like grown enough of a moral compass that he doesn't want to be evil now, or be a fucking janitor for a guy who hates him.
1: Yeah, yeah, basically, (laughs) right.
0: Like he can he can be a fascist or a low paid wage laborer.
1: It's kind of horrifying. (laughs) Maybe you know they'll give Hades a good talking to. Maybe he'll be part of that union. (laughs) <laughs> uh
0: the Karon wants to start that was a thing right we didn't make that oh, up. yeah no that that is a thing he wanted a raise and i think we even said a while ago that he should unionize with bob
1: god but you are right that we are being given this sort of binary choice and i hope we see a yeah a third option <laughs> a secret third option please if that's all right yeah please <laughs> not to go all like not to be, like, all the third way about it, uh, because I guess we already have fascism here. <laughs> uh, I also, so we, uh, there's a lot of description, really good, like, descriptions now that we're in the heart of Tartarus about just, like, there's just no wool over our eyes anymore. We are just in a body.
0: The, yeah, the the horrible, like, existential we are on the the body of a giant god thing has been consistently great throughout this book. And, like, Percy talking about, like, the horrible, fleshy floor and, like, being able to feel, like, liquid running through all the arteries and the heart is all really fucking horrible. Parentheses, complimentary.
1: They're, like, wa- yes. They're, like, walking through uh, clouds of blood. Um, and, like, like, just seeing all the webs of veins anywhere. Uh, the mountains are described as, like, muscles of the heart. And God. that's, it's very yucky. Like, it's in a very, <laughs> very complimentary way. Uh, and the whole time the armies of Tartarus are just, like, beating the shit out of each other, slash <laughs> being total, like, lads.
0: This really is and just it- the Greek monster version of, like, British lads smashing each other with chairs. Yes, <laughs> that's the, exactly the video I was thinking of.
1: <laughs> I say the video as there are not there like, a thousand of those. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's really funny. Like, we get, like, a fucking, like... 100-handed, like, a 100-handed one, like, beating the shit out of, like, a, a Cyclops or whatever, and they're, like, tussling, and then a fucking, uh, what are they called? Impollyon. No, uh, Imperion. No. That's a fucking uh, Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, we, we get a ghost. Huh? Eidolon, Eidolon, yes. We get an Eidolon just, like, possessing one of them and making him, like, uh, just, like, knock the other guy out cold. It It's very funny. <laughs> like i i like this image of just like the chaos of the monsters
0: i i yeah i it's i like it and it's very fun and i think i also like what it implies about like this is why there have to be like titans or gaia around for the monsters to get anything done (laughs) because otherwise they're just constantly killing each other
1: right yeah they they are just sort of things that want to destroy um and there's, there's, you know, problems that come up in fantasy media when they're just like, here's a race that have nothing but destruction in their hearts, right?
0: Especially when some of them are Cyclopes, which we know are just, like, people.
1: Yeah, uh, but this sort of lands on the end of, like, it makes sense uh, why, like, even with all these guys running around the world, like, it, it wouldn't be completely overrun, like... Yeah, a couple uh, hundred uh,
0: demigods in a summer camp can basically keep a lid on this.
1: Yeah, basically.
0: And we learned that the all the giants have gone through the fucking uh, portal now. <laughs> Which I guess is like, maybe Rick Ryden also thought that the fucking giant fights were all disappointing and shit. He was like, right, we're gonna yeah. rerun all of these.
1: That's exactly what I thought. I really want <laughs> the Blood of Olympus to be like a fucking boss rush, where we just get like cooler
0: versions of all the giant fights. Except for the the two from Mark of Athena. Those are perfect, no notes, you can just do that again.
1: Yeah, I... Mm, it would be really cool if we got, like, a big tableau of, like, a bunch of different characters that we know throughout the series uh, who all, like... We, we see them all, like, doing their own giant fights across the
0: world. You actually do want all the shitty one-off gods to come back.
1: <laughs> I kind of do. I want
0: Clarice to get to kill a giant is what I'm yes, saying. Yes, Please.
1: I want fucking, like, Clarice and Ares to, like, I don't know, kill a giant together.
0: Father-daughter bonding. God. Uh. It's, it's the only way he ever would bond with her. Christ, yeah. It's so fucking whack that Clarice gets, like, one line in this entire series so far.
1: Yeah, I really- I, I love her so much, I wish <laughs> she got more to do. But... Uh, the way that we learn about that is through Bob's conversation with Koyos, who is- Percy describes him as talking like like he's from Shakespeare, which is not actually how he talks at all.
0: No, not even remotely. He I just guess, speaks Percy in, like, just... full sentences. Yeah, he's not speaking in fucking iambic pentameter. He just talks like a slightly formal guy. Yeah, it's really- Th- that says more about Percy, I think, than it says about Koyos. <laughs> To be fair, I think Percy has mentioned several times. That, I mean, he's dyslexic. I guess he's not that up to date on his literature. That's fair. <laughs> and Percy should.
1: And Percy might enjoy going to like a play. You know, I don't know. Mm. Or he'd probably he'd probably and he'd to be like, you have to respect like the art here. You know, this t- this is taken from the classical Greek like uh,
0: sort of drama, and Percy is like, oh, I'd rather be on my phone. I actually think I think Percy does hate plays. And for the rest of his life, every time Anadeth tries to make him go to one, he's going to claim, like, PTSD from the uh, the giant fight from the end of Black of Athena.
1: <laughs> Probably, right? <laughs> uh, but it's a really... It's like a fucking comedy sketch happening here. <laughs> my my favorite bit being uh, when Koyos is, like, just trying to, like have a normal conversation with his brother iapetus and bob is just like ha- doesn't remember shit he's like oh yes of course when we held down our father oh yeah we loved wrestling with dad we restrained him oh that's what i meant while well, chronos cut him to pieces the- cut him to pieces with the scythe like <laughs> it's
0: it's very funny i think it's even funnier when like it turns out later that bob didn't even need to do this act like, Koyos knows that he got, like, kicked into the River Leith, and, like, his memories are all fucked up, and he was just, like, he's fine with that, and he understands. Yeah, he's
1: like, well, we'll we'll get revenge against that fucking Percy Jackson. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, yeah, it's, it's very good. Um, oh, we- oh, Jane. Jane,
0: all of your hopes yeah. and dreams get dispelled here. Crushed. Fucking- <laughs> Rick Ride and heard my my prayers, my my hopes, my dreams, and decided to stamp on all of them. I'll I'll let you do the honors.
1: Do you want to say? See but what happens.
0: Find the fucking line.
1: The line that you could the line where if you read it, you could hear Jane's heart breaking.
0: Sadly, our brother Kronos was dissolved by those impudent demigods. Koyos heaved a sigh. Bits and pieces of his essence remain, but nothing you could ever put together again. I suppose some injuries even Tartarus cannot heal. This is bullshit.
1: <laughs> Kronos has been fucking like atomized beyond atom. <laughs> His atoms have been atomized.
0: Uh, uh, God damn it! Whatever. It's it's sad, you know. I maybe I'm being put out of my misery.
1: <laughs> you know, I I guess it's better. I say sooner rather than later, but we're
0: four <laughs> out of five books of the series through the series. It's seven books after that happened that I'm finally put out of my misery. God, <laughs> I'm wishing you the best. I, I hope I hope
1: that you can recover. I'll be there for you. You know.
0: Thank you. It is kind of weird though because Chiron definitely said that it was like, oh yeah, Kronos might reform in like a couple of thousand years.
1: Yeah, I, I guess, I guess it's like Hyperion has already re- reformed like our like after being killed a, f- a couple years ago, so. Maybe it just means we'll never in our lifetimes will we see Kronos reform.
0: Yeah, they're, they're like, you know, it's not going to happen on a timescale that is practical for the coup that we are planning to do right now.
1: And they are planning a, cl- a coup, to be clear. I kind of want they... to see this go off.
0: I, d- I want to see the
1: clusterfuck, right? I want to see the titans versus the giants versus the gods versus <laughs> the demigods. Like, everything,
0: just everyone on their different sides. I think blood blood of olympus being an absolute shit fest between all these different factions would be very fun and I'm disappointed that it's probably not going to happen.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I
0: uh, or I don't know, maybe cuz that's what we wanted from the last Kane Chronicles book and like with the the body horror stuff Rick Riordan's clearly had some lessons from Kane Chronicles maybe maybe it'll be good this time. It
1: really could be. Like we we actually have sort of different factions that are still not the exact same faction. Mhm. Uh we, we have all these different sort of ideologies set up that conflict with each other. I, I don't know. I here's the thing. This is the last book I read. Like I said, I it's don't true. know any anything that happens in Blood of Olympus that that could very well be it
0: That could be. I I get, I am curious about. I, I I hope that like the end of this book does something like so weird and stupid and horrible that it's like it explains why you tapped out here. I do think that would be uh-huh. very funny.
1: Like, it just ends and it's the worst fucking thing we've ever read. (laughs) Like, Percy, I don't know, like, Bob goes back to Iapetus, Percy kills him, Uh, we realize that actually the cycles are true, Uh, everything isn't, like, the evil are inherently evil, Uh, the good are inherently good. It reveals that Percy is actually a reincarnation of Odysseus or something like that, (laughs) Uh, or of Perseus maybe just directly. Um, (laughs) Like, Annabeth, decides to stop adventuring she's like well I, this was too date like i've had like too much of a hard time I'm just gonna be percy's little like percy's girlfriend i'm gonna live live at home uh nico decides he's straight know. uh-huh <laughs> jason fucking like i don't know what jason could do to make me mad uh, he's fine uh <laughs> frank doesn't transition frank doesn't translate god so if all of these things happen and slash don't happen <laughs> i guess we'll put we'll, we'll put the t- books down and stop the podcast
0: uh,
1: uh we also get we also get a shout out to apollo and uh, we're always on apollo watch here because we know that there's a book series called trials of apollo and also he's the worst motherfucker in the entire series fuck apollo every day <laughs> We specifically uh, hear that Koyos, who is their grandfather, has Artemis's cold smile and Apollo's. No, Artemis's cold eyes and Apollo's smile, which I think must imply that Apollo has, like, the scariest fucking smile
0: you've ever seen. I mean, it's the last smile you see before you're locked in a fucking haunted house that eats demigods. Yeah. <laughs> God. Hey, do you think Thalia will meet Apollo in um, Trials of Apollo? and be like, hey, what the fuck? I hope so. Like, I I really
1: do just hope that the series is, like, him being, like, put to trial for, like, all the shit he's done that he obviously has not learned from.
0: Also, like, you know, all the other uh, fucking side stories are becoming, like, essential parts of the canon at this point. They've all been referenced. Yeah, yeah, true. Fucking Quest for Buford is important, I guess. Wouldn't... I mean, Quest for Buford is important from the get-go, but... (laughs) That's true. It, it gave us our first canonical example of Leo being kind of racist.
1: <laughs> oh, God. I forgot <laughs> about that. Wouldn't it be so good if Trials of Apollo is about, like, all the gods being put on trial? And, like, this... I can't
0: hope... I can't hope for that, too much. But
1: <laughs> It won't be that. But, like, Apollo being, like... Because he was, like, one of the worst of them, from what we know. Uh-huh. Uh, like from what is represented throughout the series and him just having to like him being the one who's like all right i can we can do a bit of like restorative justice stuff here but also they aren't the like immortal mafia like bosses of the world anymore
0: well i was about to say any good mafia family when things get too hot needs a fall guy and maybe that's what apollo ends up being
1: god (laughs) maybe it will be i i don't know
0: i hope i i think that would be interesting too Trials of Apollo is such a weird mystery to me, and I'm sure that however I end up reading it, I'll be kind of disappointed that I can't just, like, sit here and speculate on what the fuck is happening anymore.
1: Yeah. We can say anything happened. Nobody has read Trials of Apollo, is the truth. (laughs) (laughs) A fraction of the people who read Percy Jackson read Heroes of Olympus, and I'm sure a fraction of that will have read uh, Trials of
0: Apollo. I mean, I mean we're, we're the exemplars here. I fell off after the end of PJO. You fell off before the end of Heroes of Olympus even. Surely nobody has actually read Trials of Apollo.
1: Yeah, we might be the first.
0: <laughs> this is documentary work we're doing.
1: The, the, there is a wiki that exists. I, I think it's possible that us from the future established that wiki. I think Rick Ryden wrote that.
0: <laughs> it's very possible. So you do think <laughs> that he at least read it before, before sending it out? I think I think he has to like skim it to make sure that he's like punctuated it properly. Uh-huh. <laughs> but apart from that, yeah, nobody. God.
1: Um, and I there's like one last thing I have here, which is that cryos, the guy who J- the Titan that Jason killed, is back. Mm-hmm. and wouldn't it be so funny if Percy also killed cryos? <laughs> Jason would have no leg to stand on anymore.
0: That would be, it would be extremely fun. I do like that we get, like, the the two titans that both of them have killed are apparently going to, like, team up at the Doors of Death. That's kind of cool.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, I would love it if, like, we got to see both of them killing the other giant that they defeated.
0: Oh, maybe that could happen, because, I mean, like, Jason's going to the House of Hades, they're going to go to the Doors of Death. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. God, please, th- there we go, that's a realistic hope, I think. That could happen. Yeah. There we go. This is our this is our bet for
1: the series. We we will, <laughs> we, will we will we will hope stake our hopes on that. Uh, anything else you want to talk about today, Jane? Uh, I think I'm good. All right. Well, these are some fun chapters. I'm I'm very excited as we sort of get into our last like what? Let me see. Uh, sixty eight. Like last three episodes, I think.
0: Oh my god! Also, we've got to do not assistant.
1: Well. This week, uh, on our the tradition of Nazis so set, uh, my nomination is going to be Leto, the mother of Apollo and Artemis. <laughs> you know how, like, in Transformers, like, all the Transformers are, like, default, sort of, like, genderless, but, like, male leaning. Uh-huh. And so, like, as soon as they find out about gender... Uh, like it, like if they're like, oh, cool. I could be a woman like that. Like that makes them trans. Yeah. I don't think we've ever heard of many female giants before
0: or female Titans before. So I'm going to say that Leto is trans. uh, Now, Jacqueline. What's up? I do need to point out that one of our favorite characters in the series is a female Titan.
1: Well, (laughs) she can also be trans.
0: That, you know what? That's fair. I'm willing to accept that. Anyway, congratulations, Leto, on being the first uh, trans woman to get a womb transplant.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. T- <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about that fucking post that's like, I hope, I hope I'm hope the first trans woman, like, to get an abortion <laughs> after getting
0: a womb transplant. This is why Zeus was so pissed off with them.
1: <laughs> God. They're triplets, originally. Wait, what? Stupid joke. They're mine. Okay. I'll I- cut it. <laughs> I'm saying that she only aborted one of them somehow. Oh, I see, I see. No, that's a funny joke. Okay. (laughs) Alright, okay, I'm gonna say it again, you have to react to it like it was a funny joke this time. Got it. Uh, uh, Fuck. They were originally triplets, actually. (laughs) Oh, Jesus fucking Christ.
0: (laughs) Good acting there, Jane. Thank Uh, you. I thought so. (laughs) It was. You should leave that whole thing in. I I might. (laughs) Anyway, you got a you got a nomination. I need a nomination. Fuck. Uh, um, my nomination goes to the mysterious disembodied voice that told Jason to um to go into the uh, audience hall with uh, austere, just because it's it's never gendered or anything, so I choose to believe it's non-binary.
1: You know, I think that's true. <laughs> Alright, our intro and outro is Super Mario Edition by Space Pony. You can find that at OC Remix. Uh,
0: our cover art is by Vera at insmoth underscore in on Twitter.
1: We are hosted by the Moonshot Podcast Network. You can find them at moonshotpods.com or goodfuckingpodcast.com. Uh we Is there anything that we've done on Moonshot recently? Uh the Moon Carniv the Moon Carnival uh is coming up. Uh it's gonna be a charity event. Uh three days it's gonna be over a weekend. You're gonna love it. Be there, be, or be square. And you can find us at twitter.com slash unwise girls. Uh, there we've got links to all of our, all of our socials, our discord, our email. You can find stuff like, for instance, the pictures, uh, that Rick Riordan put up in his blog post. Jane will mm-hmm. post those on the Twitter. Uh, and also updates whenever episodes come out. Uh, if you want to support us, you can go and leave a five-star rating and review on your podcast app of choice. You can tell a friend about us. That really helps out. And you can also, uh, le- go to patreon.com slash girls, do a little bit of monetary supporting where for a dollar a month, you get the discord role of camp counselor for $3 a month. You get the discord role of a friend of Bacchus as well as all of our bonus content.
0: Uh, if you if you are really like eager to hear us discuss a uh, classic pirate adventure novel, Treasure Island, uh, then join the Patreon, because we're going to do that once we finish Black Sails.
1: That's right. Uh, and for $5 a month, you get the Discord roll of Venus is Chosen, all of our bonus content, and
0: a special thank you at the end of every episode. Speaking of which, this, this week we'd like to thank I Love Sammy's Great, uh, Danny, Tana, Mercy, Veronica, Friend, Bree, and Erica. Thank you, everyone.
1: Thank you. And as we always say, at the end of every single episode. See you next week, Camp Half Blood. See you next week, Camp Half Blood. Bye. Bye. CJ, is that Gahooligan's promo ready yet?
0: Sure is, PB. You want to hear it? Yeah. Hello, Owlets. I can hear your beaks churring with the who's, the why's, and other forbidden questions about Catherine Lasky's Guardians of Gahool. Join us, the Gahooligans, twice every dwanking in the great blue yonder, for some glocks given spronk, some laughter therapy, and some subglotious ransacking of literary merit.
1: Okay, I only understood about a third of that. And did you use an owl swear in there?
0: No, you didn't do the assigned reading?
1: No, that's your job, CJ. I'm just here for the owl facts.
0: Well, we'll have to work on your vocabulary.
1: I guess you'll have to teach me every other week on Gahooligans. Only on the Moonshot Network.